we will start a four-week series on different principles uh, on, on living a life that better predicts your future based on the Word of God. It's going to be a great series, great time to bring your friends, and also just a great way to start the new year. We're all kind of in that, that mood, new year, new you, that kind of thing. And uh, our, some of you have set goals, some of you are, are, are avoiding that like the plague. Um, you, you, but, but nevertheless, it's here. It is here. And so before we start that series on Beginner's Guide to Predicting Your Future, so excited about that. I want, though, today to give you this one just this standalone message, and I'm calling it Game Face. Uh, you'll, you'll understand why here in a few minutes. But, but really, no matter where you are, whether you want to set new goals, whether you've got some plans for 2019, whether you just re- you're just glad that 2018 is in the rear view, regardless of, yeah, yeah praise God, but regardless... Regardless, I want you to take, take your worship guide. On the back, there's some fill in the blanks. It's an easy way to, to follow through uh, uh, kind of the message. And, and it's a really great way to know when I'm getting closer to being done. And you know, it's, it's just great. So, um, and then I surprise you and I add something else in. Anyway, so we're going we're gonna to follow along with some of these notes. But, but here's where I want to start. Write this down. God never intends me to stay where I started. Uh, even if you feel like you're as close to God as you could ever be, he never intends you to stay where you started, where you are today, God wants you to be looking back in December of 2019 saying, oh, look how far I've come. Our church really is designed to help people take journey, take next steps into discovering their God-given potential to truly knowing God, finding freedom from what's holding them back, discovering purpose beyond the, the, the daily grind and to truly make the difference in the world because of what God has done through us, and we help other people see that same thing. And we, we want to let you know we got this guarantee. Give us a year. Give us a year. Engage the process. Over the next few weeks, we'll be introducing some different things that we do from Grow Track, which is all about growing in Christ-like character, conviction, and conduct, encounter experiences that are all designed to help you grow deeper in just experiencing God, like really knowing maybe some habits and hang-ups, things that, that, that have kind of held you back, how to cut loose from some of that stuff. We've got groups galore, dozens and dozens and dozens of groups that are study groups and social groups and support groups. And we want you, if you engage the process for a year, Jump in for a year. Engage the process. Jesus will change you from the inside out. That's the guarantee. He will change you from the inside out. You'll never be the same. And we'll just help you get there. We're just going to help guide you along the way. That's our job as pastors here. And so get your game face on for 2019. And just know God never intended you to stay where you start. We see that all throughout the Bible. We see that in characters. One in particular was this young man, a young man of God who was ripped out of his own country as a slave when the Babylonians took over Israel, took over Jerusalem. They took everybody captive. And he became a slave in a foreign country. His name was Daniel. But yet Daniel, and you can read about Daniel and his story in the Old Testament. One book in particular is named after him called Daniel. You can read that. And, and Daniel had, could not stay where he started. He started as a slave, but he refused to stay there. God had something in him and through him the Spirit of God was on him. And, and he, he experienced some incredible favor with God. And that isn't just for Bible story characters. Uh, that kind of experience 
is for you and for me. God would love to, would, would love to, to take you to a place you've never been this year with him. And we read about this story of Daniel in Daniel chapter 6, halfway through the story. It pleased Darius, one of the kings that Daniel was, was under. One of the kings, his name was Darius. And it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps. That's like governors. We, so we've got governors over states. They were going to set 120 governors over the different areas of Babylon. And they were going to rule throughout the kingdom. And then above them, you can see the organizational structure there. There were going to be three administrators over those Governors. So basically, one administrator had 40 governors, uh, so three of them, 40 governors apiece, and one of them was Daniel. Daniel wasn't even a Persian. He wasn't from Babylon. He came in as a slave, yet God positioned him in such a way that he was one of the top three. Like, he made it to the final rounds of Babylonian idol. It was amazing. And, and so here Daniel is... How did he get there? Here's how. The scripture goes on to say, Daniel so distinguished himself. In other words, he stood out. If you want to stand out, guess what you got to do? You got to stand out. If you want to make a difference, in fact, write this down. The only way to really make a difference in this world is you got to be different in this world. If you want 2019 to be a little different than 2018, it's got to like be, you know, different. You got to do some different things. You got to make some different declarations. You got to choose a different attitude. You got to step into some new places. And and Daniel so distinguished himself. He, He made an effort. So he so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his what? Exceptional qualities. He had some exceptional qualities. I mean, this guy was like the cream of the crop. And it wasn't just by picking himself up by his own bootstraps. God had anointed him with these exceptional qualities to the point that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So instead of this whole idea of three administrators, one of them was Daniel. He saw how great Daniel was performing amongst the other two administrators. He said, hey, Daniel, you have the whole 120. Like, you're the guy. I'm going to say something to you for our role as Christ followers. Our role as Christ followers is to um, bring the difference to the culture. If we really want to make a difference in culture, we've got to be different in culture. Now, different does not equal goofy. It doesn't mean be a weird Christian. The people say, wow, he stands out. Not that way. Like, don't say, man, that guy is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Like, yeah, you're going to stand out, but that's not what he meant. Like, it wasn't like, you know, uh, Daniel's <laughs> standing out just because everybody, you know, how you doing? Oh, bless God, I'm doing great. Ha! Like, that's not his exceptional quality, okay? He stood out with different qualities. You know, the Bible says that God's choosing to change the world through you. Corinthians says, um, the book of Corinthians, you are ambassadors for Christ. He's doing his work through you. Ephesians 3 says um, uh, that, that we, the church, Ephesians 3.10, were to display his wisdom. So the same way that God showed up in Babylon through Daniel's exceptional qualities is the same way Jesus wants to show up in your everyday life through giving you exceptional qualities as well. And they're not 
anything that you could ever come up with. They're inherent in Jesus himself. We're going to talk about how we connect to those today. The story goes on to say, at this, the administrators and the satraps, they tried to find grounds. Like, anybody ever try to find things for, you know, that, that, like, try and critique you? You, 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 know, you know, like, yeah, my wife. Um, I, that, that wasn't me saying that. That was you saying that. But, um, try to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. Like, he just, he just had his act together. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Oh, we, meet, we need men and women of God like this in leadership positions all around our world today. Finally, these men said, we're never going to find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel. He had such exceptional qualities. I want you to know, this is my dream for my children. This is my dream for my grandchildren. Exceptional qualities that set them aside, that people can't find corruption. It's my dream for my own life, for my wife's life. It's my dream for you, but way beyond my dream, it's God's, it's God's dream that you would be set apart. Now, the pressure's on, isn't it, like to be set apart with exceptional qualities? Where do we get those? How, what kind of book do we need to do? What kind of online class do we need to pay to, to get that going in our lives? Well, it really, it, it, like I said, it comes from Jesus. And what I'm going to do in the next few moments is I'm going to drill a little deeper. For those of you that say, I want to I I get deep in the Word. I just want to get deep. We're, we're going to get deep. Oh, man, I'm, I want to talk about crazy stuff like Revelation. Well, we're going to talk about that for just a second. And, and then we're going to talk about it for a few minutes. I'm going to get a little deep. And then we're going to give you some handlebars for tomorrow, okay? Because, because we're the kind of church, like, we, we don't wear it as a badge. Like, oh, we got deep today. Nobody understood the thing we were talking about. But we got deep, bless God. Like, I don't care to show you, the, like, the Greek word for rope. I just think a lot of people need a rope thrown to them. You know, that, that's more like you don't need to know the Greek word for it. You just need to kind of know how do I live my life for Jesus. So we're going to give you some handlebars. We're going to go deep first. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 17 and 18. The apostle Paul is describing God. And he says it like this. He says, now, now this, the, the Lord is the, the spirit. And the word here for spirit, it, it, it's, it, it's in the original language, pneuma. And, and pneuma means breath or air, like just like just a burst of, of, of air, okay? If you've ever worked with tools, you know, like a power tool, like a pneumatic, like a pneumatic tool, pneumatic drill, um, that, that same root word, we get spirit. Uh, so the, the, the Lord is like breath. And where the spirit of the Lord is, where that breath is, where that fresh air is, there is what? There's freedom. Yeah, when you get tangled all up and you feel bound up and you feel like things aren't going well, the Spirit of the Lord wants to breathe life into those areas and, and untangle the mess one tangle at a time. That's how he works. Isn't that great? God, do it. Do it in our church. Do it in my life. Do it in my family. But here's the deal. He doesn't just do it on its own separated from us. He doesn't do it on his own. In fact, here's how the scripture continues. Now, we all, y'all, youans, weans, we all who with unveiled faces, in other words, it's, it's a spiritual talk where no longer is there a, a blockade uh, between us. Um, when Jesus died on the cross, on that same day, there was a symbolic moment in the temple where the ground shook and this, this, this veil that stood between the regular commonplace of worship and the holy of holies, that veil was, was ripped 
It was rent in two. And there was a symbolic moment there saying, now because of Jesus, you have full access to all of me. And so he's saying, basically, we all who with unveiled faces, no, no, no curtain there, no veil, we reflect the Lord's glory. We reflect it. We show it. We just saying, show us your glory. Show us your glory. But, but God not, doesn't just, just want to show you his glory. He actually is calling you to reflect his glory. And we're being transformed, it's a process, into his image with ever-increasing glory. So where you started is not where you stay. He never intends you to stay where you started. You're still growing in Christ, becoming closer and closer and more Christ-centered. That's what God has for us, and that comes from the Lord who is the, the breath of God, the Spirit. And those exceptional qualities, if we're to reflect the glory what is, what is glory? Okay, well, let's define glory. Here's our working definition for glory. If we're to reflect the glory of God, ever increasing, we don't get saved and all of a sudden, we, it's, it's a process. It's a process. But the glory is this. It's the full weight of who God is. See, some of you know God, but you don't know the full weight of who God is. You've experienced Jesus, but you haven't experienced all there is. There's more. And we're to reflect that ever-increasing weight of who God is. So, 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 if we're supposed to reflect the glory of God, the full weight of who he is, what does that actually look like? What does God, what does God look like? Like some of some of us like to imagine God as this, you know, a, a look looks like you know Santa Claus without the red suit. Some of us like to imagine him, you know, long flowing dark hair, blue eyes, like a, a white guy. He was Jewish. He wasn't a white guy. Like we like to see Jesus as like some American, you know. We we, we like to see Jesus like you know. Ricky Bobby's friend, you know, T-shirt, tuxedo T-shirt. Like everybody has their idea of, of what the glory of God looks like. But let's go to scripture to get our definition, okay? So this is where we go a little deeper. Revelation is this, is this book that describes a vision that John has the depths and the mysteries and the twists and the turns and, and like the only way we can describe God, like your English language isn't good enough. There's no language combined. It, you know, it's, it's also why God gives us this miracle of a heavenly language because there's no language on earth that we could ever come up with phonetically that could truly describe the nuances of who God is. So he tries, because a picture speaks a thousand words, he, he tries to show all of who God is in this story of revelation, this big reveal of heaven and earth and the end times, and it's it's a wild ride. It's, it, it's crazy. The imagery and the colors and the depths and the nuances of revelation and in the middle of all this John is describing what the throne of God is like and there in Revelation 4 he says in the center around that throne there were four living creatures and the first living creature was like a lion and the second was like an ox the third living creature had a face 
like a man. So it wasn't a man, but it had a face like a man. And then the fourth was like a flying eagle. Ah! Anyway. Now, 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 this isn't the only place we read about this. Hundreds of years earlier, another prophet by the name of Ezekiel, he had a vision from God and wrote it down. And here's what Ezekiel writes. He says, I had this vision and the heavens were open and I saw visions of God and I saw what looked like four living creatures. And here's what he says hundreds of years earlier. Uh, their faces looked like this. Each, each of the four creatures had the face of a human being, a man. And, and on the right side, each had the face of a lion. And on the left, the face of an ox. And each also had the face of an eagle. I mean, it sounds like we've like dug into a Tolkien novel of Lord of the Rings here. It's because we just don't have all the words to describe the height and the, and the width and the depth of God. Now, if you say, well, how do we know that this is like the glory of God? How do we know that this represents the glory of God, Jeremy? Well, the very next scripture gives us the answer to that. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. So there's something about those four elements. Here's what's, what's even crazier. Most scholars believe that the books of the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that they show Jesus in these different ways. A lion, an ox, the son of man, and, and even an eagle. And when you read it and you understand the concept, the context, you, you actually, it's very easy to see it. And so Jesus is like the embodiment of those things. And so let me give you some handlebars on this. And we're going to talk about Game Face 2019 today. I mean, I mean, it was pretty evident that, that it's about time that the Dallas Cowboys had a Game Face on last night. Um, oh, dear Lord. Now you get excited. Bless God. And some of you are like, yeah, glory road. Show us the glory. Show us who's next. And then those of you that are Texans fans, you came in, show us your glory. Like... Two different people coming in on different, different excitement game faces 2019. We've got a bowl game and playoffs going, and some of you don't uh, give a care about football. I, I just want to talk to you about these faces, the faces of God, and how we are called to ever-increasingly reflect the image of God. So the first one, let's talk about the ox. The ox was used to carry heavy things. The ox was used to plow fields so they didn't have to do it by hand. Uh, the ox is an animal that is there to serve. In fact, the ox was part of the sacrificial system. Many times an ox would be sacrificed um, to, to be able to become right with God. So the ox really, it's the face of a servant. In 2019, you want to put your game face on? You want to, you want to have an ever-increasing likeness of Christ? It will not come without the face of a servant. Without having the heart of servanthood. To serve others. To put others above, considering others above yourself. It doesn't mean you consider yourself less. It means you consider others before yourself. You think, how can I serve? Do you know that if, if marriages could figure out how to outserve, if spouses could figure out how to outserve one another, 
90 plus percent of issues would, be, would go to the wayside. Because we wouldn't be trying to put all of our hope in how they make me happy. How they need to do this in order for us to get along. But if we had our focus on how to serve one another and our focus was serving them. It's amazing what will happen to a marriage when we get the focus on not what I want, but how can I serve you. I'm, I'm done. Let's pray. Father? No. Like... <laughs> Paul, the apostle, he says it like this. He says, hey, hey, I'm free. I don't belong to anybody. I belong to no man. But I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as people, to, to win as many as possible. Do you know that, that um, there are over 500 people that serve on what we call dream teams? They're volunteer positions. 500 plus people that, that serve on dream teams to make stuff happen, like everything from uh, the cameras to the lights to pouring the communion in between services to certain, like, like, I just want to say, we don't have dream teams just so people can have something to do around here. When you're a part of a dream team, you are helping reflect the glory of God. And I, I, have, I, have, a, I have a dream that we would move from 500 dream teamers this year to over 700 dream teamers. I'm calling it joining the 700 club, baby. We're going to join the 700 club. We're, we're going to grow by 200 dream teamers. And so if you're here and you've never been through Starting Point, let's go. Let's get our game face on and let's, let's go and be a part of Starting Point. How many part of Starting Point this morning on the, on the 6? You're already here at 930. Yes, several hands going up. I'm so glad that you're joining us here. It's so fun, man. Dip your toe in the water. Let's see what happens. But, 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 but here's what I'm, I'm saying. Dream teamers aren't just serving like the church and doing a task. We are reflecting the glory of God and we're being servants so, so that other people can see that and, and say, oh, that's what Jesus is supposed to look like. We make ourselves servants. Serve, 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 serve. Be a servant. Number two, the man. This is, a, this is a, a, an illustration. It's a word picture of, of the face of love. It's the face of love. For God so loved the world doesn't mean for God so loved trees. For God so loved the environment. We should care about the environment. We should be good stewards of the environment. But God so loved the world. The truth is the world's going to burn up someday. The world's going to be done whether you slow it down or not. It's, it's going to be done. What God cares about most on this earth is not the earth. He cares about you. And that image of the glory of God, that face of man, shows us that there is a, there is a focus, there is, there is a, a part of, of him that is focused on us. The man, it's a face of love, it's a face of relationships. It, it, it's so critical that we really think through in 2019, have our game face on, about what love should really look like. That love isn't just like a thought, love does. Love is an action. Love, love takes place in the way we serve. And the more you love people, the more you want to serve people. It's, it's like, it's this awesome cycle that takes place. Listen, 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 listen to me. <clears throat> it will take you about 7.8 seconds to get into a doctrinal debate about something on Facebook. You can do it. You, you hardly have to try. Just search up, doc, just search doctrinal debate. Boom! Like it's going it's to happen. And I want to tell you something. In, in my 
13 years here and my five years at another church, my 18 years of pastoral ministry, I've never had someone meet me at the altar, uh, uh, meet me in a counseling session and say, you know, <clears throat> Jeremy, my life was a wreck. Things were off the rails. Marriage had one, one wheel in the ditch and life was just, just, just crazy. But then I began to debate people on Facebook doctrinally, and then I completely surrendered my life to Jesus. That's never happened. It's never happened. Your, your way to share people to be exceptional qualities and distinguish yourself is not to debate people on doctrine, okay? Like, like anybody can do that. The, the way that you really begin to separate yourself, put your game face on, have those exceptional qualities like Daniel is to love people. And you know what we're really we need to focus on? Connection before correction. Connect before you correct. There are opportunities for people. We want to have the kind of church that you can connect here. Just know this. We are not, we're not shy on sin. And we don't define sin on our own opinions. We use the word of God to define what is right and wrong. Well, what's your opinion about this hot topic, Pastor Jeremy? It doesn't really matter what my opinion is, whether it comes from finances or marriage or sexuality or emotions. It doesn't matter what my opinion is. My opinion is secondary to the creator of the universe. And the way the creator sees things and the way we see how the creator sees is through his spirit-breathed word. And I want you to know there are things in your life that don't align with God's word. And when we don't align with God's word, it's, that's when we're falling short of the glory, the image, the weight of who he is. That's when we're falling short. Now, he doesn't kick you to the curb. He's, he says you can be transformed, but I want you to not stay where you're starting. God has more for you. But I want you to know we're the kind of church that you can connect before you correct. We're looking for not just to give you the truth and then maybe a little grace. Jesus came in grace and truth. He gave them grace and with that, with that atmosphere, he showed truth. I want you to know this is a place of grace here. But it's also a place of truth. And, I want, and, I, and I'm, I'm asking you, lean in to the reflection of the glory of God in your life. Let God reveal it however he wants and then run after it full force. Jesus shows up to the people there, uh, there in, in uh, Capernaum, and he says, hey, I'm going to give you a new command. Here's what's so funny about what Jesus said. It wasn't a new command. It was already written many, 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 many years ago. It was already in their, their uh, Bible, their, their um, Old Testament. And, the, and the, the new command was this, love each other. Like guys, guys, love each other. But it was already written that they should love each other. <clears throat> Apparently, they didn't know that, though, because the way they were treating one another. So it doesn't even matter your doctrinal debates. If you can't love one another, people won't really see Jesus. The scripture goes on to say, by this, by loving each other, then you're going to know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And you know what? We don't want to just love God. We want to love people. We don't want to just share the story of God. We want to share life together together. 
we see that people were, were experiencing uh, the truth of God's word in the book of Thessalonians. And in this, in this story, because we loved you so much, the Apostle Paul says, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, the good news of Jesus, but we also we wanted to share our lives as well. So part of the love for man, the love for one another, that love is, is us doing life together. Again, it's why we're providing the next couple of weeks on your smartphone, through the Timber Creek Church app, in the lobbies everywhere. We're, we're going to be providing opportunities for you to step out of your own sphere into some new sphere of influences, into, your, into new ways to connect with people and really see who Jesus is as we're together and living lives together. You still with me? All right. Number three. This is the eagle. This is the eagle. And the eagle... Uh, has, has this face of, of respect and excellence. Scholars believe it represents a, 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 a level of respect and excellence. How many of you have ever seen a bald eagle in person? How many of you ever touched a bald eagle? <laughs> don't, don't show me. It's illegal. Okay. Um, you, you, if you've never seen a bald eagle in person, like maybe you've seen it at the zoo, but um, Jan and I were traveling in Alaska, and like bald eagles are like, Oh, there's, it's like not quite like love bugs in East Texas. Like, you know, you know, Alaska, yeah, man, we got, we got this bald eagle. We got all these bald eagles. Oh, yeah, we have, we got love bugs. It's pretty much the same thing. No, it's not. It's not. Because those bald eagles, we were getting on a boat, and all these eagles were, were, were perched up in a tree. And I don't know if it was a noise or what, but it was like a, a in one moment, whoosh, these bald eagles just burst from the tree. And with like one stroke, they just bad to the bone. Just floating. Just out there. Not even work. Yeah, yeah. Soak it in. Respect. Excellence, baby. I mean, just it made me all patriotic. I just wanted to say, you know, my country, tears of thee. Like, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing to see. Way beyond a patriotic excellence and respect, you know, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying, be someone that doesn't demand respect, but someone that earns respect. Like, be respectful and you will earn respect. Be excellent at what you do. Listen, listen, listen. Instead of trying to be excellent at that one thing, how about you become exceptionally good with everyday things? Exceptionally well at showing, show, like excellence in showing up on time to work. Excellence in doing exactly what's been asked of you to do. Not skipping, not, not cutting any corners. Like, like do stuff with excellence. Like go home and just be kind to your family in an excellent spirit. You don't, it doesn't have to be some big, huge thing. When it came to Jesus, people looked at him, and it wasn't just his teaching. They were astonished. They were astonished when they saw Jesus. They said, man, he's, he's done all things well. There was this wow factor about Jesus. And, and frankly, we, we try to focus. And if, we, if we miss it, we try and fix it. But we try as a church, we try to focus on the little things, do everything exceptionally well. From, from coming into the parking lot and having music to, to people greeting at the doors. to we, we want you to go into our kids' area and say, wow, they, they, they like 
care about kids. And you kind of go, man, it doesn't, it doesn't smell like death in here. Look, I grew up in church. There were some places in the church, it was like, who died? Like, Mil we haven't seen Sister Mildred in like three days. Where is she? I don't know. I think she's in room 203. But just do everything. Like, like we, we, when we receive communion, when we pray together, when we worship together, we, we want people to leave not saying, wow, at Timber Creek. We want to say, wow, of Jesus. And, and so respect and excellence from, from making sure that when, when it's the right time to plant flowers, that we got fresh flowers around this campus. Like, like we do that on purpose. Why? Because, because, because Disney and Nickelodeon shouldn't win the hearts and minds of our kids alone. Like, we're going to do some stuff with excellence in our kids' center because it's the greatest message the world could ever know and, and we're, we're building we're spending a couple million dollars for those of you who don't know we just as a body we approve we're spending a couple million dollars to build a location in Nacogdoches the sheetrock is going up it's going up everybody I mean plumbing's in we're gonna have the best toilets in Nacogdoches <laughs> why because they're dream teamers that clean them in between services I see how some of you behave we need dream teamers just to like clean up after the first service. They are dirty. Don't tell them I said that. Don't tell them I said that. We just want to do things with excellence. We, we say it around here, it'll do, won't do. Why? Because we want to have the face of Jesus. Because nothing was halfway with him. It was excellent. And that earns respect. Jesus says it like this. You're the salt of the earth. Like you make things better. But what good is salt if it loses its flavor, if you, if you taste like everything else? Can you make it salty again? No. It'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Like we have to be different in order to make a difference. He says, hey, you're the light of the world. You make a difference in the dark places. But I mean, you're a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. You, like, like, you don't want to hide, hide it under a bushel, no. You want to let your light shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Don't let Satan it out. You're going to let it shine. Sorry, BBS got a hold of me. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket, hides it under a bushel. No, they don't, they don't do that. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Now, what do we think the scripture says there? In the same way Jesus wants to shine through you. That sounds pretty good, right? Maybe that's it. Jesus wants to shine through you. Jesus wants to be salt through you. Um, wants to illuminate the path. Those could be great things that could be said there, but that's not what the scripture says. In the same way, look, 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 look. Let your what? Good deeds. Does good deeds earn you salvation? Okay, let's do it again. Does good deeds earn you salvation? Ever. Never. You can never earn it. It's what he's already done on the cross. But your conduct and the way you treat other people, your good deeds shine out for all to see. So that everyone will not praise you, praise your heavenly father. Because when they see, man, you're just shining out. Man, Rick, what is it? Like you just like, you always rise to the occasion. Everybody else like, that's my, my plate is full. I got a lot to do. That's not my job. And Rick, you're always like, hey man, if you need a little extra hand, let me know. I'm working hard right here. If you need a hand, I, I just love that. You say, oh man, it's just because, it's just because I'm amazing. No, he's like, hey man, the Lord told me to do whatever I do, to do it in the glory of God. And that's what I'm trying to reflect. I'm just, I'm just trying to reflect his excellence in what I do. Thank you. I try, I work hard. 
that it will bring praise to your heavenly Father. Wow. I want to be doing that with my life. Now, you may feel like, ugh, I can't wait to have my platform, ha- have my opportunity to show to show people. Once I, once I get things organized, once I get all my stuff, when I get that promotion, once I get in, in charge of leading people and I'm a manager or I do this or that, it, don't matter your, it doesn't matter where you are. You start right where you are. Um, in fact, Paul says it in 2 Corinthians like this. People are watching us as we stay at our post, whatever that post is, whether you're the CEO or you're not. People are watching you at your post, alertly, unswervingly. In hard times and tough times and bad times when we're beaten up, jailed, and mobbed. Now, Paul's talking about this because he's experienced all these things. He goes on to say, there are people who are watching you at your post when you're working hard, working late, working without eating, working hard for your money. Mm-mm, mm-mm. With pure heart, clear head, steady hand. I've got to get this ADD figured out, Janet. In gentleness, holiness, and honest love. When we're doing our best settling things, setting things right, when we're praised and when we're blamed, that like, hey, good job, Rick. Rick, why'd you do this? That we're at our post, unswerving, showing people who Jesus is, slandered and honored, true to our word, though we may even be distrusted by some. Ignored by the world, but recognized by God. That's a good place to be. Terrifically alive, though rumored to be dead. Beaten within an inch of our lives, but refusing to die. This is Paul, because this is what happened to Paul. Immersed in tears, yet always filled with deep joy. Whoa. Living on handouts, like having nothing, and yet enriching many. Having nothing, yet having it all. That can be you. And it's supposed to be you. Because we're called to reflect the glory of God. You know, what do you do with a guy like Paul who's had all that and has a great act? He's just like writing, I'm in prison right now. And yet, you know, all these things happen. Man, I love Jesus. What do you, you know what you do to a guy like that? You know how you hurt a guy like that? You don't. You can't. You don't do anything to a guy like that. You know why? You you, you know why? Because he's just got the joy of the Lord that is his strength. And he is reflecting the glory. Of God. Number four, the lion. The lion. And the lion, scholars believe, reflect a face of boldness. Boldness. The lion's the king of the jungle. I mean, the strength in the paws and in the jaws of a lion. Proverbs 28 says, the wicked run away when no one is chasing them. Come on, parents. You've had your kids do that. You like show up, say, hey, what's going on? You were just going to say, hey, you want to go to Sonic and get a drink? It's happy hour. But he's like, it was Keith. It was Keith. And then you got to do some investigation, you know. Oh, Keith burned down something in the bathroom. The wicked run away when no one is chasing them. But the godly are bold as lions. And I'm believing 2019, you're going to be bold in your beliefs, bold in your actions, bold in your servanthood, bold in your love for one another, bold in your, in your willingness to stretch out of your comfort zone in some areas of your life and in character development. But if I were to ask you to be bold in one area, if I were to ask you to take all that boldness and Focus it in, muster it up, and use it in one direction. 
Here's where I'd invite you to be bold in 2019. Here's, here's where I'm inviting the whole church, our whole staff, all of our pastors, all of our teams, me, myself, my family, that we would, that we would take Hebrews 4 and we would be bold in this, that, that we would approach the throne of grace with, say it with me, boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. That if you're going to be bold with all these actions, let your first action be surrendering and humbling yourself before the presence of Jesus. It's because he's the lifter of our head. He is the strength when our strength is incomplete. I read on Facebook a couple days ago, I know that Jesus says I'll not give you more than you can handle, but I want you to say with all sincerity and, and kindness, no, he didn't. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. You will face stuff you cannot handle. You don't have the strength to get through it. It's why his strength is perfect when our strength is dispersed. So that we lean into him, that we approach the throne of grace with boldness. Not our throne. Not our education. Not our stuff. His throne. The throne that is surrounded by the face of an ox and a lion and a man and an eagle. The fullness of the glory of God. To help us approach the throne of grace with boldness, we start every year with a, a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And basically, for, for all of us to really describe what that's like, it's basically this. Prayer connects me to God and fasting, giving up something saying no to something over a period of time, that disconnects me from the world. So there's a connection moment with prayer, there's disconnecting with fasting. That's what God wants to do through 21 days of prayer and fasting. You're gonna get a calendar on your way out, maybe you got it on your way in, who cares? Just as long as you have it, I want you to know that we're gonna be praying over different areas of our lives, surrendering them to God, being bold to approach his throne not just for these 21 days and then say, oh man, day 22, let's like disconnect from God and reconnect with the world. No, so that there would be a catalyst. There would be a, a surge forward. There would be this, this, this time at the beginning that kind of aligns us for the rest of 2019. Along with that 21 days of prayer and fasting on Wednesday nights, we're having closer worship nights where I just, I'm just inviting, I'm praying that through these nights, that we will just approach the throne of grace with boldness and get closer to Jesus. Get a little closer, get a little closer, get a little closer, ever increasing in the glory of God. And early, early this morning, um, in the four o'clock hour, I felt like the Holy Spirit, I, I didn't have this in my notes, I felt like the Holy Spirit deposited this, this statement as I was getting around and getting together to prepare to, to be with you today, which is a highlight of Janet and, 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 and mine. We, we just love this church and we love you. It's just a, it's a highlight of our week to be with, with our church friends, our church body. We love you so much. And I believe that God woke me up earlier than normal today to deposit something for you and for me, for my family. And it comes from this scripture. 
in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit had descended and the disciples were doing mighty acts for God. And when they observed the what? Boldness. When people on the outside observed the boldness of Peter and John and they realized, oh, these guys were uneducated and untrained men. They were amazed. You know the word used for uneducated, untrained? Uh, uh, it's the same root word that we use for idiot. So basically they're saying, I thought these guys were just like, you know, idiots. But they were amazed at their boldness. But it didn't stop there. So hear me. Hear, hear what I'm saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not inviting you to a year of bold stuff to do. Here's what I'm inviting you to be most bold about. They, the scripture says they were uneducated and untrained men. They were amazed. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. I believe that's what's going to change the world. Men and women who approach the throne of grace with boldness, who spend time with Jesus, not only with Jesus, but then take that to the world. The mobilized church is the hope of the world. And, and I believe that kind of church body will so distinguish themselves by exceptional qualities that people will look for an excuse and people will try and find an excuse. And I want you to know the more bold things you do for God, just expect the criticism. Just expect. Look, I am not surprised when people are critical of Timber Creek Church. You know, if I don't want, to, if I don't want anybody to be critical of us, let's not do anything. Let's not like try new things. Let's not try anything. Let's just like, let's be safe in our little place, in our little Bible. Kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. But if you want to get out there and take a risk and, do, and be bold, you're going to invite some critics to your door. But here's what I'm asking of you. Here's what I'm inviting. Here's what I believe Jesus said to me this morning. I want my church to be boldness on display. 2019 in your marriage, 2019 in your work ethic, 2019 in your purity, 2019 in your habits, 2019 in your character and in your conduct and in what you hold deep as your convictions, that it would be boldness on display for the world so that they look and they say, there is nothing that we can bring up against them. Not because of what you did, but because you have reflected the glory of God. If you received that this morning, would you close your eyes with me? The biggest, boldest move you could make today, friend, if you haven't approached the throne of grace, Jesus is available. He's not moved. He's not checked out on you. He, he will never put you in the rear view mirror. He loves you. He's available today. But it means that you have to be bold in declaring, I need to surrender to God. I need to step off the throne of my own life. And I need to accept this Jesus. This Jesus who came from heaven to earth, the son of God, lived a sinless life, perfect life, because he became the perfect sacrifice on the cross. He dies for your sin, becoming the ultimate sacrifice for all humanity. He is dead for three days. And then in that same spirit, that, that power, he raises again and then he gives us that same spirit to be inside of us and live inside us so that we would then ever increasingly become more and more like him 
that's the good news. He's not forgotten about you. He wants you to become more like him. And he's not throwing you out. He's arms wide open today. Maybe you need to make a bold move move for 2019, friend. Today you need to say, hey, I, I want Jesus to be my savior. I want Jesus to be the center of my life. If that's you, would you just put a hand up? I want to pray with you. Anybody in the room? Yeah. Anybody in the room? I want Jesus to be, I, I need to make a bold move and, and get off my throne and let Jesus be on my throne. Anybody else? Quickly put a hand up. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, I just want to pray with you. You can put your hands down. In your own words, you say, Jesus, be the center of my life. I want to be more like you. I confess that you are the son of the living God. I believe that you are who you say you are. You died and you rose again. You lived a perfect life. I I need you in my life. I can't fix my sin. You did that on the cross. Would, Would you give me a fresh start today? Thank you for not being mad at me, but for giving me this moment to make things right with you, Lord. I receive you. And I approach you, Lord. Thank you for your grace today. Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's put our hands together for those that made a decision this morning. And I pray that all of you would reflect the glory of God in your everyday life. We're going to receive our offering now. Uh, It's our first offering of 2019. I encourage you, be bold in trusting God with your finances. You know, we do something around here called the 90-day tithe challenge. And I see some people moving and they need to do what they need to do. I'm asking everybody else to stay where you are. I'll dismiss you in just a moment. I promise you, you're, you're going to make it. So just stay where you are for a second. We do something called the 90-day tithe challenge. And that's people that want to take the challenge to put God first by the tithe. That means 10% of their income. They put God first in the tithe. And in 90 days, you practice that for 90 days, January to the end of March. If if at the end of March, you felt like, I tried this, nothing happened. Like I didn't see God move in any way, and I tried it. I want you to know that we make this kind of commitment, and it's not our guarantee, it's God's guarantee that he's gonna take care of you. But if you felt like, hey, I tried it, it didn't work. If you have record of it, if you made a record and we have record on it, you wrote a check, you put it in the envelope, you did the kind of thing, you paid online, whatever. If you don't feel like it made any difference, we'll give you all that back after 90 days. We'll just write you a check and just give it back to you. Why? Because it's not our guarantee, it's God's guarantee. It's just if people would just tr- would just trust. If people would just say, okay, God, we're giving you the first. And we give you, we're going to give, we're going to save, we're going to live on the rest. We're going to give. That's a, that's a key. Like when people would try that, it's amazing. It's amazing what God will do. So I, I just encourage you. I, don't ever give in an offering here if you ever feel like, so, Pastor Jeremy, trying to twist your arm. I, I, I don't, I don't my, my salary doesn't go up or down whether you give today or not. I have nothing connected to this. I don't get anything from this. It's, I just want everything for you. And part of that is trusting God with everything, including your finances. So no better time to start than the first Sunday of the year. So consider that. Would you stand with me, but stay where you are. We're going to sing this song together. And would you pray this, that that show us your glory and that, that you'd also pray that that would be in your life. God, God, we love you. Bless this offering. God, bless the your kingdom through this church. May people be encouraged as they put you first in their life. In Jesus' name. Usher, serve the congregation. Let's sing this and I'll dismiss you in a moment.
Come on, we got one minute left. Come on, let's sing this together. Come on. dismiss I want to give you a celebration moment a couple weeks ago we had our seven Christmas services including our two at Dybal Correctional Center we had 4,550 people attend those services wow that's a lot of people uh, that, that, that's a big chunk of the community and uh, thank you for inviting your friends and I hope they didn't just experience Timber Creek. I hope they experienced the presence of Jesus here. And I know that many of them did because after we did our survey where we invite people to make a decision on following Christ, uh, we had, including the prison, over 400 people say, I want to start or restart a relationship with Jesus. Almost 10% of, of the entire attendance. Wow. That's so great. That is so and the best is yet to come, everybody. And we're just getting started. And I pray that your life would be earmarked by boldness as you approach the throne of grace. See you next Sunday as we start a new series. Love you.